0: At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Tonight I want to look at, we've been you know, in our series on the Holy Spirit for a long time, and um, tonight may be the last one on the Holy Spirit this time. Tonight, I think, is the last one, I think. i got to make sure. You don't know, want to stop something when God says, wait a minute, I'm not through talking, you know. But I want to I talk a little bit in talking about the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about how this last year and nuggets of things that we shared throughout the year kind of led to Word First Conference and the vision for this, this coming year. And, um, and all month long, we will talk vision leading up to vision night, which is the 20-something what is it? The something. It'll, we'll see it. Anyway, 28th or something like that. Last Sunday of the month. Um, there it is, right there, 28th. Uh, and leading up to that, um, I'm going to share things about vision for this year. And, and um, one, one verse around here that we've read for a long time, and um, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. And it says, It says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live a peaceful and a quiet life in all godliness, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. This is good and it pleases Jesus, in other words, who wants all people to be saved and, in other words, he's saying he wants all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. All people. Um, In the summertime when I gave you the challenge with those cards to begin to, Pass those out and just you know just naturally develop relationships with people. You know, allow conversations to happen and possibly I know a number of you led people to the Lord in the summertime when when we had first started that. Just because of it was it was a time to pick the fruit in that person's life, and um, but the challenge there was where we were going to go this year in. Understanding what true evangelism is. And in this passage of Scripture right here, he, he wants everybody saved. So that means it's going to take everybody getting people saved, right? Now, we all know, <laughs> without the blood of Jesus, there is no salvation, right? Without what he did, nobody would be saved. But people aren't going to just trip over being saved. They need somebody saved who believes in encouraging them that are not saved to become saved. So, everybody that I'm looking at tonight is a candidate. If you're born again, then you're a candidate to be used by God. Because He wants everybody saved. That that statement right there is what's gotten a hold of me. This, what kind of got a hold of me this last year, and and it's what's gonna what you're gonna hear coming out of Word First Conference about salvation. Um, I have never, I can say without a doubt. I mean, this is. I've met lots of people that were had an evangelistic kind of anointing or heart for people. You know, I when I started in the beginnings of my walk with God, I was very evangelistic, you know, but to the point that, you know, I was almost offensive at times to people. But but I've never in my life met a person that is so not threatening and yet so empowered to lead somebody to Jesus as Riley Stevenson. I've never met anybody. I mean, never even I've never met anybody even close to that like he is. And the anointing that was on his life that touched all of us on Sunday morning, Sunday night, on out in different businesses and places that we went Sunday afternoon where we saw about 40 people saved and a number of people that where cards were given to or we had opportunities to pray for people for healing in their bodies or other family members for healing multiple people that it, it was it was a phenomenal experience but it was so natural and i'm saying that and i'm I, I know i'm confirming that with everybody that went everybody that was a part of that it was confirmed as we went there was no there was no pressure there was no you know, oh we gotta chase every person down that you see kind of a thing. It was none of that. And and since then, that I know of, three other people have been saved, and that I that I know of, about four other people have been prayed for since Sunday on what's today, Monday and Tuesday and maybe today. So what God wants is what took place on Sunday. On Friday night and Saturday night, and carried over into Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and Sunday night here in, in in the house, God wants that anointing to remain on the house. It's on the house. Did you hear me? And and if you're part of that this house, then that anointing will filter down on your life, right? And you know, I, and I want to say a couple things that I want to talk about. I I want to just interject how the Holy Spirit is so important in doing something like that. Um, We were, I was for a little, I went to, well, I didn't go to Walmart, but I went to the two HEBs and uh, just kind of at the end. And then I went to, uh, I I started out at the mall. and, uh, And we were at the mall and I saw these three young teenage boys walking down the mall, and they were, you know, acting up. There, I saw them. I, I, I felt like I was supposed to go to Penny's. I was just praying the spirit. I'm headed to Penny's, you know. I need a pair of jeans. All right? <coughs> and anyway, so I headed to Penny's, and uh, I was with several people for a while, and then saw the Le Mans, and, went, and then I just went into Penny's. And those three boys were in there. And so they were walking around, and I'm, and I'm thinking, not yet. Not yet. We'll come back to them, you know. So I'm walking and ministered to another guy and and uh, didn't lead him to the Lord. He was born again, and, but was able to pray with him in pennies, kind of in the, back in the corner. He was the only guy back there. <laughs> and here I am, bam, you know. But uh, prayed for this guy. But So I came back out in the mall, and there were those three guys again, you know. And, and Riley was coming, and I think a couple of my daughters were coming, or Joey was there too, I think. And, and we all came, and I said, we, we got to deal with these guys, so, or I don't know who was with me. Maybe it was just me when I first started. Anyway, so I just asked him a couple of questions, you know, and and I asked him about, they live around here, yeah, like he says on the little card, and I asked him, do you go to church here? I mean, do you, do you go to church? And they all said, yeah. And they, you know, went to a specific denominational church here in town, and uh and and right about that time, Riley walked up, you know, and uh, he's he's watching me or listening to me, and I'm kind of looking it over at him, and and then he he looks over at Olivia, I think it was Olivia, and gave her the card and said, "You need to pray for the for these guys. Will you guys pray this prayer?" And he showed him the prayer, and he's and she and they said, "Yeah, yeah," and so. Liv, Livia starts leading them uh, in this prayer, and one of the kids he got so emotional he he couldn't even look at his friends. So he he bent over like he was tying his shoes, because he got so emotional. And and then you know, could I mean he he the rest of the time he he was just he was a, kind of a basket case you know because of what how how tender hearted this young guy was. But here's the thing here's the deal, here's why things, situations like that, and and the anointing on Riley in that moment, he asked those, after those three boys prayed that prayer, and they go to church, and he asked them this, have you ever prayed that prayer, and all three of them just like this, no, we've never prayed that, and he said, well, today, you're born again, and I mean, that kid, that other kid just, he started crying even more, right? I mean, he was, he was, he just, he just could he couldn't collect himself. He couldn't, it, it was just like a supernatural experience. And so, you know, we all took a picture with these guys and they thanked us and all this kind of thing, you know. But it was so natural, you know, and that's what, that's what God wants from his kingdom to have people that believe that they're saved and confident that other people need to be saved. And you know what? You, you don't have to have the Star Spangled Banner playing in the background when somebody's getting saved. You, you understand? It's just they need to make the confession, right? And a lot of times, people, you know, people will say, yeah, but are they believing? And I believe that. A person has to believe. You, know, you understand? But when you believe it, a lot of times people will believe it. Or like those boys, they had heard the word for a long time, but nobody had ever led them in a salvation prayer, right? So when we did, that's what happened to that one kid. I know it. I mean, I know it. Nobody had ever led him in that. He probably heard other people saying that they were born again, didn't understand it, didn't want to talk about it, and boom, all of a sudden, saved. That quick. That quick. That's how powerful that the Word of God is, the kingdom of God that we live in. Understanding how to live and operate like this is what you and I are responsible for, right? It pleases Jesus that all people are saved and all people are coming to the knowledge of the truth. Listen to me. We got the goods in this house for people that get saved. Did you hear me? We got the goods in this house. We can minister life to them. We've got things set up. We've got connect groups and connect-equip groups and, and all different types of things, individual people being able to take somebody under their wing and help them grow up. We've got the goods for that. We're not going to see people born again and like a, like a baby would be born just left to fend for themselves. No, we're going to see them grown up. But we've got to be motivated on a day-to-day basis. This isn't, this isn't some kind of an event. Thank God for the afternoon this past Sunday and 40 people born again. Wow. I mean, genuinely born again. Everybody that we talked to, the leads, the people that were leads in in, in this, they believe that those people got born again. Because I we talked to each one of them and, and believe that the people that led them to the Lord that it was a real thing. Yeah. So we've got to develop that in a greater way. And what one of the one of our new connect groups um, is going to be a connect group of evangelism, and we're going to meet once a month, and uh, Riley's going to help. He's going to do some Zoom meetings with us and invest a little bit more into it. We're going to do, whoever's going to lead that group will do more teaching, and once a month go out for, say, an hour of the time, an hour of teaching, and an hour of going out and getting creative about where we go and, and how we do that and how we develop that, you know, and anybody that's afraid of doing that or afraid of their you know reputation or you know what someone might think or whatever you'll get over it you know and a lot of times you'll get over it by watching other people do it you know there's no pressure to do it i mean if if we have a if we have a a an evangelism connect group of something like that and and we're training people and we go out and you don't feel like you can do it and somebody forces you to do it don't do it because if it's forced it won't work but you start watching other people and you start thinking about, his little cards are great. He left us hundreds of those little cards that people can have. You know what I encourage people to do? Memorize the card. Just memorize that card. You don't have to say it word for word, but if you memorize it and you become convinced that that's really true for someone else, then when you see somebody, it will be easy to lead them into that. Very simple little thing. And you know, I mean... We're a church, and, you know, we believe all this, and some of you have led people to the Lord, but I think the majority of the people in this body have never led anybody to the Lord. That's just what I I sense and felt. That's what I sensed all year long. And that's why I wanted to challenge you to start handing cards out and challenging people because now we're going to do the training on how to be those people that are pleasing to the Lord Jesus in the, in the way of leading people to God, right, and helping them grow up. I believe everybody sitting in here tonight, you have the ability to help people grow up. But I think all of us, myself included, need, we needed a little help, and we need a little bit of help about how to lead people to Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So that's, that's where we're at. And that's where we're going in this year. Not, not, that's not all, but that, that's one of the things that our body is going to get really proficient in, and that is believing that people need to be saved and having the confidence that we can do it. Amen? Amen. I've already told one person in the body that they said, they said something to me about leading. Somebody to the Lord, and they were nervous about it, and I said, okay, you call me one day, and we'll go out for an hour, just you and I, but I'll do it with anybody. We'll go out for an hour, and, and, and you watch out, and we, but what I want you to do is pray about where we go and get creative with it. I had this thought, I love washing cars, I love, you know, we wa- I wash my own cars, our cars, I wash them myself, I like to go through that, the, the car wash down here and, and pull through, and then vacuum it out myself I just like doing it I, I used to get have other people wash my car and I don't like it I, I, I like to do it myself because I know how clean I want it right and so I just had this thought what if you pull up right in the middle of two of the cars and you're just minding your own business and you're vacuuming your car and wiping it down and all of a sudden you know about the time you're pulling out one of the vacuums and they're pulling one out you know hey you live around here yeah Go to church anywhere? No? You know that the Bible says that, no, or or asking the question. I I love the question. If you died today, you know where you're going to go. I love that question. Because, see, that's, that's not a great question to ask believers that believe they're living a long time. Because a lot of the church world thinks that, well, you never promised tomorrow, but we are promised tomorrow. There's promises all through the Word that promises us tomorrow. We don't have to be taken out by some catastrophe, you know, some horrible situation. We don't have to be taken out. Well, you just never know. Yeah, no, you can know. But people that don't believe the Word, they're not promised tomorrow. Hmm? There's a devil out there that wants to take you out. So asking somebody like that a question like that, if you, if you died to mo- today, do you know where you'd go? I mean, just think about somebody. They got their hand on pulling out that big wand to vacuum their car, and somebody like me standing there asking them that question. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know where I'd go. And then the certain Scriptures, or add to it. I mean, you know, get two others or three others that you think relate to the same thing. Whatever it is, challenge him in it. Would you you pray this prayer? Not asking him to pray it. Just say, I'm going to pray this prayer. Would you confess this after me? And then just lead him in that prayer. Get creative with it. I mean, what's the worst that somebody could do? Well, where's Amanda she gone? In H-E-B, she, was, she, she testified on Sunday night that she was saying something to some woman. She goes, put her hand out like that. I don't want to hear it. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in church. I don't believe in any of that. Quit talking to me. Like that firm, right? Yeah. Right? Isn't that right? That firm, that lady said that. Okay. I mean, is that going to send you in a dive and a depression because somebody said something like that to you? I mean, I, I don't think so, right? If that's the worst. Here's the thing with me if somebody does something like that to me, phew, I mean, if I lead somebody to the Lord, they're on my prayer list. Remember, because Paul said, you know, I can't not pray for you. If I'm going to lead you to the Lord and I'm going to start speaking truth to you, I got to pray for you, right? So, but somebody like that, man, they're on my prayer list because that night they're still thinking about me. Hmm? They're still thinking about what happened, what I offered. They're still thinking about it because on, on the tablets of every human being's heart is the laws of God. And when somebody starts talking about God and you've had a bad experience or whatever, Amanda didn't force anything on her or make her listen to her or whatever. You don't, you don't want to do that. You'll back off, but that person receives some seed of God in her life. And now you can pray that the right people come across that person's path. Or, or, or in a lot of cases, especially in a small town like Kerrville, surely you'll see them again, if not by, the, by that evening. <laughs> you ever seen somebody and you're thinking, you know, I should have ministered to them. Oh, wait, there they are again. That ever happened to you? Well, that's happened to me I don't know how many times. And if I thought that and I didn't pay attention to it, that second time, I'm on them. And you know why? Here I go again, another story. I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. And it's what started and caused me to pursue people. And it's when I was working in the Rio Grande Valley and I had a guy that god had been telling me you need to minister to this guy and i was too busy i had it was back in the day of pagers and i had a pager and that day my pager was going off and i had four dealerships that wanted my attention and my time and oh man i was hurrying hurrying and i'm at this dealership and i see the guy and the lord says okay all right I, i i will soon and and so I'm doing stuff, and I come back, and he's gone. And, and I think, no, nah, i got to go because somebody needed me in Allen. so I'm fixing to get in my car. And I come out of the place in my van, and I pull around, and this guy, boom, he, he's right in front of me. And he's like mad about something. And he said, get out of my way, you know, because he had an attitude anyway. And so he, took, he went around me and took off. And I thought, okay, I'll, tomorrow I'll come back, and, or the next day, or maybe the first of the week I'll come back. And long story short, that guy died that night. That guy died that night. And the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. There's no other alternative. Well, you know, but God wouldn't. Well, I don't know the guy's heart, and I don't know what happened that night, and I don't don't know any of those things. But I had a responsibility being led by the Spirit, and that's what I want to go into here right now about You know, ministering to people and being aware of who the Holy Spirit is setting up for you. Riley talked about that, you know, several times in his two messages about how the Holy Spirit sets you up to minister to other people, you know, to make sure that people get saved. And it's not every single time with every single person. That's why we have to be led by the Spirit of God. But in that situation with that guy back in, you know, 1988. And I didn't pay attention and I didn't do that, I don't know where that guy's life is. And I made a commitment I wouldn't let something like that be passed up again in my life. I've never let something like that, where God said, do this, be passed up. And and making sure that somebody's born again. And, And the more you do it, the more accustomed you'll be to do it. Yeah, the more you practice it. Then, then the more you'll believe in how important it is for you to be that person, right? Well, you know, pastor, he does all that kind of stuff and he, he'll get them all. No, I'm not going to get them all because I don't live where you live. and I don't, I'm not in your world and the people that are around you. And the people around you, they need God. Either they have God, they need to grow up in the things of God or whatever. But everybody needs God in one form or another. And everybody's called to minister life to him. Lead them, number one, all people be saved. And number two, all people come to the knowledge of the truth. That's our commission. And you've been, you're a minister of reconciliation, reconciling people back to God. That's what it takes. Can you say amen to that? So in Ephesians 5 and verse 17, I want to read this out of the New Living. Last time we talked on, on this subject we looked at this verse of Scripture. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. One of the things He wants you to do is to lead people to Jesus. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. And and we've talked about that before. You know, don't be don't be drunk with wine, don't be consumed with the things of the flesh to the point that you, you're, you're not understanding what God wants you truly to do. He said, instead, be filled with the, with the Holy Spirit. And he's talking to people that are already filled with the Spirit of God. So being filled with the Spirit of God is not a one-time situation. We prayed for people uh, a couple of different times at, at the end of service on Wednesday night here. I remember weeks back, We prayed for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for that day, but it's got to increase in your life. It needs to be added to your life, and you need to be practicing it and developing that so that you can build yourself up and you can hear the voice of the Spirit of God above the voices that come to your head. You know, your conscience is the voice of of your spirit. Your spirit and the Holy Spirit are one. We have to be confident that we can hear the voice of the Spirit inside of us and override thoughts that come to us up here and we have to know the difference in that and, and how we minister to people how we lead other people to the Lord how we pray for somebody um, I, I came through a drive-thru uh, Monday I think it was after our conference I was in a drive through and, uh, and the person in the drive through I knew them and, and had prayed for them to receive God at one time so I knew that they were born again but as I'm, as I'm talking to him, I just, I heard this in my spirit. I, I looked at him and said, hey, can I pray for you right now? Yeah. I said, give me your hand. And I spoke like three things over them. I mean, there's cars behind me and he's in, he's in a hurry, you know, so it was a really short prayer. But I knew what God said, see, see, I knew what God said about that situation and and at times, my head would say, nah, I'm not going to pray with him. There's cars behind me. He's busy. There's probably somebody in there mad at him or whatever. No, but I didn't pass the opportunity up because of the challenge that I was given on Sunday. I was given a challenge, like all of us were. It was a natural challenge, real simple challenge, you know, no pressure-type challenge, but a challenge to see all people saved and all people come to the knowledge of the truth. But the, th- the three things I prayed over that person... The three things I prayed brought tears to that person's eyes. Like that quick. I mean, it wasn't some emotional type prayer. It shouldn't have brought tears, but it touched their spirit. That's what you and I have to have. We have to live that way. And we're learning how to do that. We're evolving into that. Look, who's in a rush You know, one of the keys to a real successful life is patience. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. To be successful in the way that we're talking about, patience is the key. We're not in a hurry to develop faith and confidence and an assurance of these promises and the things we're talking about. We're being patient and allowing it to become real to us so that every day of our life, when we get up, We're looking for opportunities to see people make a confession to receive Jesus or to pray for people or agreeing with people or giving them a card. You don't have a church? Here, come, be a part of this. Can you say amen? So the Spirit renews and it builds up. It renews. And it builds up. So that's why don't be consumed with the flesh. Don't let the flesh and the thoughts and the thought life and everything about the flesh control your life, but be filled with the Spirit continuously. Be being filled. You give out, you need to be continually filled up. And the more I learn to pray in the Spirit, and the longer I learn to pray in the Spirit, it it, it creates more of a tongue and an understanding of what God's trying to get over to me. The, the reason God likes it for you and I to pray in the Spirit and then to pray with the understanding is the devil doesn't know the plan. He doesn't know, know your thoughts. No way he knows your thoughts. only way the devil knows your thoughts is when you tell him with your mouth what your thoughts are. Keep your mouth shut and the devil knows nothing. Can you say amen? 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. As it is written, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Verse 12 Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So so to receive the things from God that God has given us, it's not going to be based on how something looks, or how something appears to be, or the way you feel like it could be today, tomorrow, or any day. No. It's going to be because we've received a spirit, and our, and our human spirit is connected to this spirit, and because we've received that spirit and now we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we're developing that on the inside, now we can know everything that God has done for us, everything that He's freely given to us. And listen, those things are revealed to us by the Spirit, and there's times when in the natural with your eyes and your ears and the way things appear to be, those things are trying to tell you you'll never get what God promised, but in here he's going, oh, no, 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 you'll, you'll get it, but you got to trust me in here, this is going to come to pass no matter how it looks out here. That's what that verse is saying. And then look at, look at the rest of that. It says it this way These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And in the literal translation, it's it's this way. Comparing or adding spiritual things with spiritual words. In other words, praying in the Spirit. The only way I can know what God has for me and believe in what God has for me is if I am person that has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and believes that that is the key to being built up and renewed day by day, strengthened and renewed day by day. That's what praying in the Spirit will produce in the midst of everything else that's going on. So, So here I am praying in the Spirit, but my eyes are seeing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but what about this? And, and, and your head's screaming. And, you know, 900 different voices want to say all kinds of different things. But the Spirit of God is one voice. And it's a still small voice, but it'll speak. And if you listen, it gets louder. You don't listen, it kind of gets quieter. Because all these other ones are going, ah. But down in here, it's a still small, but it gets louder and louder when you shut these off. And that's what he's saying. This is how you do it. I mean, those three verses right there are the plan of salvation and deliverance and healing and wholeness to an individual. That, that's the plan right there by the Spirit of God. You're not going to lead people to the Lord really effectively if you're not led by the Spirit of God. And that's what I wanted to add to everything that was preached over the weekend. It's the thing that I always will remind you. You'll always hear from this pulpit. You'll always hear me reminding you. You're not going to be effective at anything in this life because you're born again if you're not developing the ability to be led by the Spirit of God and hearing the voice of the Spirit tell you what to do. I'm not satisfied with, you know, some kind of comment like, well, you just never know what God's going to do. Well, you know, that might have been God and maybe it wasn't God. Well, you need to know. And you need to do whatever it takes to learn how to know. And right there is the plan. That, That 13th verse, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing... Spiritual things with spiritual words. So you have a spiritual thing that you're believing God for. You get spiritual words involved in that, praying in other tongues. The interpretation comes from praying in other tongues. You get built up and and you begin to develop this assurance that you just heard from God and then you see that come to pass. We have to be people that are developing that all the time. If that was easy, and it and it was, and it took no strength or no stamina or no anything else, you know, if 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 it, if it was that way, uh, everybody would do it. But it's not that way. You no, know, it takes a lot of time. It, it's like if you want to compare developing a life and a relationship with God to other things that you do. Let's say you have a career, a job, or something like that. It's like a totally separate job to develop a relationship. It's like two different jobs that you have in life. You've got the natural world out here, and then you have this life with God, which is the spiritual, and God wants your spiritual coming on your natural, so what you're doing in the natural becomes spiritual. Right? But people want to, well, well, I, yeah, but I got to do all this, and yeah, but I got to take care of this. I'll get to that. I'll get to the spiritual stuff. Yeah, but I got to do all this. So people are doing this and trying to get God to bless their thing they're doing, but that's not what God wanted you to be busy with. He wanted you to be busy, more busy over here, so that that gets on what you're doing over here, and now what you're doing in the natural becomes supernatural. That's just the way it works. That's how people get saved. you can tell me this is kind of stupid, you know? But right now I just see myself leading hundreds of people to the Lord in 2024. Just just me. Well, you know, you're the pastor and no no no, no. No. When I walk out of my house in the morning and I head into Kerrville, Texas, I'm a child of God. I'm part of the Fivefold ministry. I, I, I believe in this pulpit, not the literal pulpit, but the pulpit of this body. I'm the under-shepherd of this church, but I'm a child of God first. I'm a minister of reconciliation before I'm a five-fold ministry pastor. And I see hundreds of people led to the Lord just as a result of my life as a result of the impartation that came at Word First Conference. I'm telling you, there's no way that was just an event. That was an impartation. And so you can know for me, hundreds will be saved in 2024 because of just just through my life. Not, I mean, people get saved because of what Jesus did. But it takes somebody to believe in what Jesus did and implement that. And so, you know, you can't be busy doing that kind of stuff and not talk about it, so you'll hear it a lot throughout the year. And it won't be something that, well, that was really good, and, you know, for a couple of weeks we stayed. No, 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 no. It's, it's all year and beyond. It's from now on. Rest of my life, your life, you know, that's the way God wants it to be. So being here, you're going to be encouraged in it. You're not going to be pressured in it. You're going to be encouraged about being a part of it. Because it, how many want to please Jesus? (laughs) What's the wording there? It says, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All people saved, all people coming to the knowledge of the truth. We're we're busy. We're going to be busy from here on out. Just seeing people saved, seeing people come into the knowledge of the truth, Woo! That's exciting to me. And how are we doing it? Because we're led by the Spirit, because we believe in the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us, and we're willing to do what it takes, even though our natural mind doesn't understand it. You know, I can't tell you how many times people have asked me questions about the things of the Spirit, like, how do you know this? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I know. I just know. Yeah, but but no, I did what it said, and then I knew. And and sometimes you can't even write a book about that, right? Or an article about it. You can encourage people to do what you did, but to get what they're looking for. You know, it's, if you're looking for it with these eyes and these ears and the natural realm, the five physical senses, you're not going to find it. Isaiah said when he's talking about the soon coming king, Jesus, he wouldn't judge anything by the seeing of his eyes, the hearing of his ears. Never judge anything by what he saw and what he heard, how he felt. Everything by spirit on the inside of him. See, he's he's our elder brother. He's our leader. He's the one that is leading us into how to live and operate on this life. God wants you to live on planet earth like you're living already in heaven. Only difference is all the resistance that's coming against us. No resistance in heaven. But he wants us to live where we're so into the things of the Spirit that we're not moved by what we see, not moved by what we hear, not moved by what we feel. It's the way He wants us to live all the time, all the time. Good, so let's do it. Can you say amen? This year, I said, is a year of unselfishness. I ministered this a little bit, maybe on a video, and then in in a couple of services, I think, live here, um, we, I shared that with you. And I read this verse, and I'm reading it again, Philippians 4, 5. Let all men know, and I'm reading this out of the Amplified, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness. Let all people know and perceive and recognize, in other words, how unselfish that you live your life. He said, let all People know, all men know, all people know, and perceive, and recognize, and they they, they can see it in you, that your unselfishness is ruling your life, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. So how do you create a spirit that is considerate? How do you create a spirit that is unselfish? How do you create, because... Because the real you is inside of you, and for them to see that on the outside of you, you're not going to get that from the spirit of the world. But we've not received the spirit of the world. But if we've received the spirit of God, and we're not doing any developing, then what people see is a selfish spirit. You can be born again and be really selfish. But you can't be born again and developing a relationship with God Almighty through the Holy Spirit and remain selfish. So, it's up to you and me. He's given us all the tools, given us all the promises, given us everything that we need, and if we don't do something with it, people aren't going to recognize that. Remember the end of that verse right there? He said, for the Lord is near. He's coming soon. The Lord's coming. We all know that He's coming. When He comes, how He comes, you know, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, this-trib, that-trib, no-trib, whatever. We just know He's coming back. Amen? Everybody's in agreement. He's coming back to the earth to set up His millennial kingdom, and that is an absolute fact. So the Lord is near. God will come back one day. So I want to be, if he comes back in our lifetime or if I live my whole life and full life here on earth and then I step over to the other side, I want to step over living the most unselfish life ever. If I walked over and stepped over and I had some gravestone, I want, to, I want it read, Burt Wimberly, most unselfish man I ever met. Somebody else would have to engrave that. Right? Unselfish. He said that's what he wants. To do that, we have to have an ongoing, developing connection with God through the person of the Holy Spirit by praying in other tongues. You won't get it any other way. Impossible. No other way. And then I want to end with this. Colossians 4 and... Verse 2, reading out of the New Living. Devote yourselves to prayer with with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about His mysterious plan concerning Christ. Wow. That's what I wanted to read this passage for is to challenge you to be praying about the unveiling and the opening in your life of God's mysterious plan about how to share Jesus with people. He said, That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers. Live wisely among those who are not believers. And make the most of every opportunity with those who are not believers. Make the most of every opportunity with those who are not believers. The opportunities that I've taken in life that God has set me up to minister to people have been supernatural. People's lives. Literally changed in one moment because God set it up, and I obeyed. How many? How many know what I'm talking about? About experiences like that, where you just you knew you because you were prayed you were prayed up. You were aware of things that were going on, and and then you you went wherever you went. Maybe you traveled somewhere, and there was an opportunity to share. But God wants that every single day. I'm a, I'm gonna read that again. He said. Live wisely among those who are not believers. So, to walk in the wisdom of God is to walk in the Word of God that is being revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to walk in the wisdom of God. I'll read that again. So, live wisely, live your life in the wisdom of God, which is the Word of God being revealed to me by the Spirit of God. How does that happen? I pray in the Spirit, then I pray with the understanding. What does the understanding produce? The wisdom that I need to live with non-believers in a a supernatural way. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. And that's that's in the same context of what he's talking about right there. So he's saying... Live wisely among those who are non-believers and make the most of every opportunity with non-believers. People that don't believe, there are opportunities everywhere and begin to take it. Just, Just put your big toe out there and put it in the water a little bit and just see what happens. If you're nervous talking to other people, just ask them some, you know, dumb question like sure is a pretty day huh i mean just just a stranger somebody you're walking by just you know if 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 i'm i don't know brian and i see him somewhere and, I, and and i'm nervous about doing something like that just break the ice by just saying something you know hey it's an awesome day huh and then brian starts talking it may lead you to lead him to the lord Because you're allowing those things to fall to the ground, the fears and you know the intimidation of talking to someone else. So just 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 work it. Just let it be natural. No end to what what will happen, and those are the days you and I are living in. Can you say amen to that? He said, and let your conversation be gracious and attractive, so you'll have the right response for everyone. No pressure. It's the love of God flowing out of your life to someone else. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just telling you right now, after this past weekend, I'm really excited about this whole year because of how God set me up for this weekend in the things that he showed me this last year. And I'm excited for all of us as a church body, But I'm excited for all of us in our growth, in our relationship with God. How we're growing up and becoming all that God made us to be. And God wants you fulfilled. And He wants you you not only fulfilled in your life, but He wants you on the receiving end of all that God has for you. And I'm excited for all of us as a body. How many can say amen to that? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord.